0: Before the next episode of XJob Downloaded starts, I have a big favour to ask. If you've enjoyed any of our episodes so far, please can you click on the follow button on your platform. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and YouTube. It costs nothing to follow, but makes a real difference to me as a podcast producer. Thank you. This interview has been tape-recorded. I'm Paul Malary, and this is X-Job Downloaded. And today, it's my intention to interview my old boss, Simon Coxall. Morning, Simon. Morning, Paul. It's interesting, when you're interviewing your friends and colleagues and people that um, you've worked with previously, you learn an awful lot by doing this, and it's a great way of interacting. And as I explained to you earlier on, this is the the what-did-you-do-in-the-war-granddad moment. So where did it all begin, Simon? Uh... What, when I was born? Yeah, where were you born? What? I was born in uh, 1959,
1: February 1959 in Hereford in my grandmother's house. You don't house. cold enough. No, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm the Peter Pan. <laughs> no, I was born 1959 on a cold February in my grandmother's house in Hereford. Uh, and I subsequently learned, actually, my father was stop-checked on the bridge over Hereford on the night that I was born. Well, I never... Uh, I don't think fathers were present at the births in no, those days. in those days. And he was on the old stone bridge, which is still there. And, uh, yeah, so that's when it all started. My mother's from Hereford. Right. Um, my father's a London, well, he's Hertfordshire, then London, sort of chap. Uh, so, yeah, that's where it all started, yeah. So did you do your schooling over there or did you...? No, no, we lived in, um, we lived in Woodford in London, South Woodford in London. Right. And uh, I'm one of three boys, so I'm the middle... Son of three, and we were brought up in South Woodford. Went to a state junior school in South Woodford, Churchfields, which was very nice, very pleasant memories of it. I remember all of that really quite well, actually. There is whole blank decades in my life that I don't remember <laughs> at all. Mostly related to the police, but um, but I know very happy childhood really. And then uh, I was fortunate enough; I got a scholarship to go to what was what is the local public school, effectively. So uh, went to that.
0: And where was that? That's uh, so a school
1: called Bancroft School Bancroft. in Woodford Green.
0: So you're at ba- Bancroft. You went to Bancroft School. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And what was that like? I mean, you're talking nineteen you, seventy. I went there. Nineteen seventy. T Rex were in the charts. Uh, were they by then? Yeah, I reckon. They must Possibly been, so. Yeah, Mark Possibly was so. Going strong.
1: Uh, it's all boys' school. Uh, very much flourishing today. It was quite draconian, actually. Uh, when I went there and was sort of – it was probably operating in about the late 1950s, I should think, Yeah. compared to – I mean, I had no idea what other schools were like in 1970, but it was fairly strict
0: school. Great sporting school as well, if I remember rightly. A lot of sport, a lot of rugby, a
1: lot of cricket, and uh, played rugby for the school, uh, played cricket phenomenally badly, which I've managed to <laughs> maintain that standard for that the entirety of my life. Brilliant. I uh, love cricket, but um, I can't play it to save my life, really. And uh, famously did I can remember playing for the chance of C.R.D. Essex, actually. And they insisted, because we were winning so well, at me bowling for an over. And it's the only game that I'm aware of where if you do so appallingly badly... Your over never ends. <laughs> the, the pain never ends. Anyhow, I'm digressing. No. Yeah, so so went there. Um, got a lot of connection with there, actually. Still have connection with there. We, right. Since I retired, we've, um, some pals of mine, old boy pals for mine, um, did a load of research on, we, we lost 168 boys from the school in the Great War. Oh, really? And uh, with the exception of a couple who are, Sadly, buried in the Gaza Strip. Uh, we put re- the wreaths were laid on all during the hundredth oh, anniversary, and I did a lot of writing the biographies of them, and very moving experience. Really, truly moving. Did experience. you get
0: those published? The biographies, or they? Uh... They're all online,
1: oh. and uh, hopefully, actually, uh, I'm in touch with one of my old boy um, mates, uh, Gordon, and I, w- I want to get a hard copy, nice. Quality, yeah. A few hard copies done of it.
0: Well, we'll put any links of any work that you've done. We'll put the links. Yeah, in, no, great. On, on this, no, great. On this, no, great.
1: Yeah. So I'm going off with that tangent, but no, the no. um, but very formative influence going there, to be honest.
0: And because it's famous, I think it's Southwold, where um, Winston Churchill was the local MP. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Big statue, Winston Churchill yeah. on Wither Green. That's he was right. the
0: MP at Harlow at one point as well. You know.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, he was um, he was the MP there, not in my time. No, where, no of course. There? Um, my time is the sort of uh I think Heath would have been Prime Minister yeah, in nineteen seventy. Heath and Wilson, Wilson, yeah. Bit of Callahan, bit of three day week. Yeah. Remember that very well. Yeah, I do, yeah. Especially when we're talking about, you know, strikes and industrial unrest and
0: power and cuts. power
1: cuts. I mean, three day week, you know, homework by candlelight and stuff like that. And um yeah, but no, very actually a very formative influence. And so I'm still in touch with them. Uh and I'm, and I'm pleased to be
0: so real. Although it's changed
1: tremendously there. Of I course, mean it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's,
0: It uh, has. There's a, a greater diversification in that area. Yeah, you know, yeah, Shepard yeah. For Buckhurst Hill, out, yeah. moving out further. Yeah. So what, did you do your entire um, secondary schooling there? All,
1: all my secondary schooling there, yeah. Um, got my O-levels and A-levels and went to university from there. Went to university.
0: Now, yeah. what year did you leave school? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. So, nineteen seventy-seven. Punk was on the ascendance. There was all... yeah, not my cup of tea, no, really.
1: No. I... Um, I was, to be honest, we had a we had a little jazz band at the school. Did you? And I was, I've, I've never really encountered popular music, to be honest. So. I've always wondered went on who wants to be a millionaire. I'd be absolutely <laughs> stumped, you know. You'd have to be my phone, phone, phone friend or whatever.
0: But I mean, seventy-seven. I left school in eighty-one, and I think it was four percent of the population went to university then. Now it's forty-four percent plus. Go go to university. Yeah. It's a different. Yeah. But I mean, for to go to university in seventy-seven, that was a hell of an achievement.
1: Yeah, I think I was the first probably in my family that went to university, but the. Um, it didn't seem, you know. You're 18, aren't you? You know, it's.
0: What did your folks do? What was your what? What, what did you? Well, my,
1: my, I was. I'm always a sort of generation out of sync because my my dad was 40 or 41 when I was born. Right. It was his second marriage, and um, my mum was would have been in her early 30s. Uh. So my father had been a bank clerk, flew in the RAF during the war, uh, in bomb command. Uh, came back. He, I, I I've seen photographs of him before he joined up.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, he joined in '39 and all that. But uh, the photographs before he looks a bit like Private Pike. Actually, you know, <laughs> at that time, very clean cut and thin. You know. Yeah. Um, and he had a busy war. Uh, which I've found most recently actually since he's died. He's died now. He's been dead now a good long time. But um, I've found a tremendous amount about all that since he's. Passed away, um. So he was he was quite Victorian in himself, you yeah. know. I mean, his parents were genuine Victorian, of
0: course. And I don't suppose you knew? Did you know your grandparents were you?
1: I knew three out of the four. Right? Yeah, three out of the four grandparents. Both, both of both the the grandfathers had been through the Great War and stuff. And it was to be honest, he was. It was old. It was an old fashioned upbringing. Oh, I imagine so compared to most and yeah. I know my contemporaries. Yeah yeah. Um it was a bit unusual to have that sort of time sync.
0: Where did you feature in the uh, in the three kids? I mean you're, I was the middle one. You're the middle one. Yeah. I oh, it is interesting because the the dynamics of a family when you've got an older parent I should imagine because my parents were were quite young I could imagine it's you know it's completely different to so the
1: the very the, traditional. Yeah. Very traditional. Um yeah. But that's
0: probably reflected in you in, in later years as well. I right? think
1: so, yeah. yeah. That's p- probably why I'm, I'm fairly traditional. <laughs> well,
0: you are, though. You are, though. Uh, I mean, it's... So you've, you've gone to university. What did you study at uni?
1: I studied history and politics at university, um, which is, you know, what I wanted. is uh, yeah. really my... I've always been fascinated by history. Yeah. And the politics just goes along with it. I thought that might be sort of job-wise slightly more useful than just pure history. Uh, I did... I think I did a little bit in the University of Wales, and then the rest of it in the University of London, and um, and did one of the most interesting bits to it. Actually, I mean that's interesting in itself, and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I like the fact that I did that. But also did loads of little jobs during the time. I was going to tell you this anecdote because <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. On. This is before I get to university. I'm I'm about sixteen and I'm at school, and from the age of about from milk rounds up. Yeah. I was always doing little jobs, you know, as were my brothers. You know, we were always trying to earn a bit of money, yeah. really, because you've got two-and-six pocket money or something. And uh, I got a job with a, for a mate of mine at school as a cleaner at the London Rubber Company.
0: Oh, did you?
1: <laughs> On the North Circular Road, right? This is uh, near, uh, what's the name of the pub? The Crooked Pillet? Yeah. I don't know if it's still there. Near Walthamstow Dog yeah, Track. Yeah, near
0: the basically. Dog Track, yeah.
1: And uh, I got a job here anyway, but I was also swimming at the time like for the school and stuff like that. And on one particular summer's afternoon, it was an evening job, I went down there with my little swimming costume in there in my little plastic bag because I'd been swimming training and me rolled up towel and that. And I went and started doing the buffing like you did on the floors and yeah. uh, and whatever. It was about two hours' work and then uh, came out, went to get to the bus, to go home, and um, the old guards on the gate because it had big iron gates sort of thing, sort of waved me through. And off I went. I missed the bus and I stood at the bus stop and I thought, I ain't got my swim costume. So uh, I trotted across the double the dual carriageway back into the works, by which time the guards had shut up, I was the last person to leave. Right. Which meant I had to clamber over the gate. <laughs> so I climbed over the gate, ran to the back of the factory and – um Sure enough, the big bins, which was the last job I did, that's where the swim costume was. So I picked it up, plastic bag and all. Came back, and as I was coming to the gate, there was another bus come. So again, clambered back over this. It was quite a tall gate, you know, clambered back over this iron gate on the other side, ran for this bus and missed it. So I start walking up the North Circular Road, thinking I might as well walk home, you know. And I met Rover, it is coming down the jewel carriageway, one of those really low slung the three thousand yeah, five hundreds or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. With its blue lights going and its sirens. And I thought, I wonder where where <laughs> is that going? And it did the Uey and came and got me, <laughs> grabbed hold of me and chucked me in the back of my first encounter with the police really, And in the back of this Met car and in uh, using quite Anglo Saxon language. This Bobby, who appeared to me to be absolutely huge, yeah, said, asked me politely or less politely, "What have you got in the bag?" And I said, it's a "Chlorinated swimming cotton." <laughs> and uh, they drove about hundred yards, I think, and then opened the door and chucked me back out. You out.
0: Didn't want to take you home, though. They didn't want to take me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my life. Oh, I mean, you're talking about an era where Kez, Do you remember the film? Kez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that's was around about that time. About yeah, that time. You know, yeah. Although uh, I went not up
1: north. No, no, yeah. but you, but you, you can
0: you can see what the sentiment because actually you're only talking hmm, just over thirty years after the end of the Second World Not even thirty years since the end of the Second. Oh world. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And there was still a, a certain amount of. Social poverty. I know we've got it now in a different way, but certainly. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, definitely, yeah. You, you talked about the three day week. I remember it all
1: being relatively grey.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: I remember it being re- and all the comics were Second World War comics. They were all Second World War. Warlord, the Vic- Victor, and the Hotspur, and the, yeah, and all those, yeah, yeah. It's
0: so, you, so. We're, but we're at university now. You've done your degree, and what, what sort of history are you into? I mean, we'll we move on to what you do now, but what sort of history were you into when you were at uh, at uni?
1: Well, actually, the most, the more interesting bit I found was the politics side of it, really. But the the history was, you know, things like um, I had to do a study on a, on Nazi Germany in a particular village, and this is a long time ago. I can't even remember the name of it. No, I can't get that. back. But the um, and various bits and pieces. So you did lots of different topics, and it was final exams in those days. So it wasn't like most of, most degrees now. I think
0: modular,
1: a modular and yeah. continual assessment. Then it was literally. In your last, you had to pass your first year, and in your last year, it all came on top all at once. Um, But the politics was interesting, particularly interesting because that was new to me—the sort of political philosophy and all that sort of stuff. Um, And that's back to Plato and Aristotle and
0: oh, really, as far back
1: as that. And uh, and then the more you know, Marx and uh, uh, Rousseau and Bentham and all the utilitarianism and all that sort of stuff which is i suppose is sort of wedge but it, what it did do there was a, there was a, it's not so popular now that had a tiny little resurgence there was a bloke called Schumacher who's who's no longer with us and he wrote a book which was called smaller because this is also the time of the good life and stuff oh, like yeah, that yeah, of right it does, yeah. and it, his political philosophy was we should all be living in relatively small communities don't worry about economic growth etc 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 you know as long as everyone's getting by you know, realise it's a bit sort of ecological, bit green, yeah. that sort of that sort of thing. Which, as a young student, appealed to you quite a bit. Yeah. And students are quite active in those days. Yeah, you I know, think they're
0: now. It's just I don't have any friends that are, yeah. uh, are there at the university. Yeah, there's still you know
1: South Africa was still going on mm. the um, the Iranian Revolution.
0: Yeah, of course, is yeah. in that
1: period. Thatcher government starts in seventy nine, all that sort yeah. of thing. So it's quite a busy time for a little.
0: I, I think there's like still activist. the activism there. I mean, you you look at the uh, the stuff around Palestine and yeah, yeah, definitely, that.
1: definitely, yeah, yeah. Think, and I'm a great believer in activism.
0: But well, well no. I, I I I agree with you because if you don't agitate, then you never get any changes. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, if something's wrong, then you've got to point it out. And you may have a different view, but it's how you deal with that differing. Yeah. View.
1: But one of the things about the school, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not doing an advert for the school. No, but, no, no. But. Best thing the school did, really, was say you were entitled to have any opinion you liked, yeah, providing you could argue it effectively.
0: You yeah, know? absolutely.
1: And that was what it taught you, really, as much as it, And it gave you a lot of confidence that the school for all its slightly harsh nature.
0: Yeah, because you've know? never been one of those people, in my experience, where you said, oh, because I said so. If if you ask for something to be done, it's because it.
1: I don't know about that. I mean, sometimes you just haven't got enough patience. <laughs> yeah, I just I get suppose, it done. I
0: suppose. So you've you've concluded your university, come out with your your degree with honors, yeah. And um, what what happens next then?
1: I had been working during the vacations on the Wolfham Stowe, Wolfham Forest Guardian.
0: It's still going, I think.
1: As a, I think it is, yeah. As a journalist in Wood Street, it was in Wolfham Stops at the Town Hall. I think that's Wood Street, um, and I was amazed. I, you know, I went there work for six weeks or something during this, one of the summer vacations that I was getting stuff in print. It absolutely amazed me to see the first bits in print. You know, so anyway, I did journalism training after that, after the degree. Oh, there you go, and uh, which was down in Cardiff with Thompson. What was then? I don't think they exist now. Thompson Regional Newspapers, and we were taught by two. They must have been, I guess they must have been at least 50s, if not 60-year-old seasoned journalists from the Western Mail and Cardiff paper. can't remember the name of the paper. And that was really good training, actually, in terms of, because I did quite a bit of writing now. so it was, yeah. it was really good training in terms of succinctness of writing and, uh, you know, how to sell a story effectively and, uh, and stuff like that. And I've got awful, awful dicks, awful absolutely (laughs) rain-dripping-off-the-wall standard. (laughs) Horrible, horrible, horrible dig. Worst digs I've ever had in my life. And I'd had a few when I was a student, you know, but these were really bad. Uh, That's what I remember about that. And then I worked um, for some – over the next years, I worked for some newspapers, some magazines, uh, ended up sub-editing and then – Join the police
0: well my triangle's now well my triangle will be complete at the end of your end of your story and i'll explain why at the end i know we've discussed it already but uh, what you're just saying is make, makes a lot of sense so you joined the police what, how did that come about do
1: you know what? i don't remember really um it was i mean it was a bit of an accidental step if i'm i think
0: <laughs> the the accidental chief superintendent we, <laughs> we could call it that, call it this episode yeah. there
1: um I bumped into an old pal of mine who sadly died in his early – he was an old schoolmate, uh, Andy Verrier, lovely man, county cross-country runner, but as a young man and everything, died of leukaemia in his early 30s, very sad. Uh, But I bumped into him in what had been the school pub, not not that the school spent all its time in the pub, but it was a neighbouring pub to the school on Christmas Eve. And – I was moaning about, because I was working in pool at the time in Dorset. and I was moaning about the travelling and one thing or another. And uh, he said, well, I've just joined the Met. He said, you want to give it, why don't you give it a go? He said, it's all right, laugh. He said, you'll enjoy it. He said, just you'll know, give it a go. And I applied. And um, I can't remember how quickly it happened, but I think it was quite quickly after that I ended up, yeah, you know, joining.
0: And that was Essex? That was
1: Essex, yeah. Yeah, because as a graduate, you applied to both. Right, okay. You,
0: oh, you could apply to two. Did you to come two. as a graduate entrant or?
1: I came in, no, I applied as a graduate entrant, right. which meant you could apply to two forces right at the same
0: time. And you wouldn't have to take the entrance exam because you're clever enough.
1: I don't I don't remember there being an entrance exam. Yeah, no, exam. it was
0: us stickies that had to go and do the um,
1: And exam. Um, but they literally said, Essex literally said, what are you are you know, the Tuesday after next or something like that? Yeah. And um, and forever after him, a probation. My name was all penciled in, you know, at the bottom as someone who suddenly arrived, you know. So, yeah, I was interviewed by Jeff Markham. Um,
0: yeah, I was as well. Graham, for, for, I had Graham Dossett, Jeff Markham, and oh, really nice. He ended up as a, uh, I think, chief superintendent. On, he was on traffic for a while, but anyway, sorry. we digress. But I don't
1: think I went as a graduate entrant. I can't remember now, but I don't think I don't think I was. I mean, I was 24. Probably right. In. And, uh. So it's 83, 1983, 84. 84, yeah. 84, February 84. So, um, uh, so no, I didn't enter as a graduate entrant. I entered as a normal entrant. Right. Um. And but, of course
0: this is a time of, we, we're now going into the minor strike.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously I went and did my basic training down at Ashford. Yep. Uh. And I sort of ummed and ahed for the first couple of weeks. I thought, I'm not really sure about this. <laughs> it's not not really my necessarily my, my cup of tea. my cup of tea. <laughs> and uh, but I stuck doing it. And uh, then I originally got posted to. I can't remember when we got our postings, but I got posted to Harwich originally. Did you? Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to go to Harwich. In fact, I went went on a trip to Harwich because I. would I didn't even know where Harwich – I was a London boy, really. I wasn't yeah. Essex at all. It just happened to be the neighbouring county, you know. So I can remember going on this trip to Harwich and think, I'm never going to get there. It's just going on and on and on. I mean, I love Harwich's pieces, do not yeah. get me wrong, but it's a long way.
0: And of course, Harwich is, is famous for its diarist, Samuel Pepys. Yeah. And that's where they built the the Mayflower yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, 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 so oh, yeah. Loads know, of history, loads of history. Yeah, but, but I don't think way. the
1: history sort of persuades.
0: No, at that <laughs> time you probably didn't even think about the history. No, I but...
1: didn't. I didn't. And uh, and there was a PC on Michael Andy McFarlane, and he was posted to Leon C. Right, and we swapped. Yeah, I know Andy, mate. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up. Um, I Don't think I saw him again for the entire of my service. Actually, <laughs> but but the um, I ended up at Lee. And, um, yeah, he went He went to Harwich. He plays the bass guitar. Does he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tallish chap.
0: Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice affable chap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thank him for the swap. So
0: you went to Lee?
1: I went to Leon C. Yeah, I started at Leon C.
0: Lovely Leon C.
1: And the minor strike, as you say, was on. I never went to the minor no. strike. No. I was what was left. I was the dregs that were left well, behind,
0: and that was the thing. You were the rear guard because the the fact is that policing still had to take place. <laughs> that but,
1: makes it sound rather glamorous, though. Paul. yeah. <laughs>
0: well, but but you picked up you picked up the the work because it, all the public order, all the other coppers were at the front. Yeah, line
1: yeah. Most of my shift yeah. did did stints up there. Yeah, um, yeah. Most of them did stints and, up there,
0: and yeah, they've all got different tales to tell around around the minor strike. That's yeah,
1: true. yeah. I've got no tales. No.
0: Tell. So how long were you at
1: Lee? Uh, I was two and a half years at Lee um, and then became a DC at Southend. But the, I think remember very fondly Lee on sea, actually. Mm. I remember very fond. I know every every policeman says, oh, it was great when I was a PC. But I actually really, yeah. really enjoyed being a PC. I enjoyed, we did, because they wouldn't give you a driving ticket for, I think I got a driving ticket two years service or something. And so you were either observer or on foot patrol. Put your bigot on and go walking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I used to love that. Yeah, I used to do. absolutely love it. And uh, it, it's a bit of an example, really, from what I've done since I retired, that there's no substitute for knowing the ground, if you like. No, absolutely. I can think of places I served at more senior ranks. Really, once I'd gone beyond inspector rank or even at, di rank you lost touch i did with the geography you know
0: yeah absolutely
1: whereas i love the fact that i know it sounds bizarre but i love the fact that you could go out on a night foot patrol yeah and you'd know where every alleyway was every little back double was where the dead ends were where you'd hide if you were wanting to hide and stuff like that and you did I know it all sounds very old-fashioned. I did plenty of number one stops and yeah. stuff like that. You know? And uh, no, it was good time, really good time and good people.
0: And you, But you had to learn your ground because I always remember we had a, a sergeant, I was over here at Braintree, and, and one of our PCs turns up and it was a jeweller's. But it looked like Bairstow the, the The font looked like, and he called out the key holder for Bairstow and not for this particular jeweller's. And the next night, because he got it wrong... Sergeant said, mate, you can walk the town until you know everyone. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm an area car driver, Sergeant. Yeah, but you've still got to know your ground. let yeah. you to go out and walk. Yeah, Your your time at South End, and there's some very strong characters at South End. how did you fit in with, because it, it's almost, um, well, it's a unitary council, isn't it? But it, yeah, even yeah. the police service in, in, in those days, yeah. they, they ran it as a separate force.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a separate force no. when I went there. And there was a lot of talk of the borough uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, my years, I can't remember how long I was there, but as a DC at South End, terrific. Yeah. My memories of that, my memories of that are very poor in sense of yes. detail, if you like, you know. But Yeah, I can on. remember some jobs because I got in hot water over some jobs. I yeah. can remember the ones I got in hot water over. Um, but the people I was working with, You'd, you you yeah, know
0: the constant con- not
1: only that but the concentration of characters you know plus per, oh, yeah. squ- per square inch it was very yeah very, it was it was very concentrated full of characters and people who had obviously been serving since some of them you know since um i guess since the early sixties mid sixties and stuff like that and I remember their names all their names pretty damn well yeah. because of that, and it was at the same time it was very you know it was a busy place uh and there was plenty of work. You're never short of any work to do, and yeah, I've only got, and, and I'm very fond memories of my sergeants there, um, who were real characters, you know, and very effective. Oh yeah. And it was sort of uh, we mentioned this earlier, I know, but the nous, if you like, in as much as it got formed, was formed there. Yeah, really. And um, and you got your fingers burnt on a couple of occasions, <laughs> and uh, and you got some really good results on some occasions. Yeah. And it was a very good. I don't know whether people thought this at the time, but I, I and perhaps it's rose tinted a bit, but I remember it as being a very effective place.
0: Well, it was all about um, customer focus, although we didn't use that as a word then. If you lock a burglar up. If you didn't lock a burglar up, you take it personally. If you knew somebody was at it and they were continually hitting you and committing crime on your, if they didn't get locked up, that that was personal. I look at the detection rates now, and they're well published by the different forces, and our DCIs of those areas would be going absolutely ballistic. Oh, you know, if you thirty five percent was the minimum. Oh, absolute. Um, and now you looking at it. It was very forces. much driven by that.
1: Yeah, it was. But that didn't stop it being. Some really good coppering, really, but it was and, fun, and it was fun, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it was fun, and and lively, and interesting, and uh, and all those things. I mean, I don't keep in touch with. I mean, I hear the news headlines, yeah, and stuff, um, and yeah, they bears it bears no comparison no. in terms of sheer numbers, but I wouldn't be confident about what the experience of, our, you know.
0: What the public at large are the, larger experiencing, what the public at larger yeah.
1: experiencing, what, what what policing is experiencing yeah. now, compared to, certainly compared to back then. Oh,
0: no, absolutely. Because
1: I mean, there was a huge amount of change to my mind between the, that sort. Of, when am I talking there? Mid eight, mid late eighties. Yeah. To, to when I finished my service, the yeah. job had changed. In my, I know my ranks had changed, but beyond recognition, but had changed largely beyond recognition yeah. as well. I don't think the basic jobs ever changed. I mean, one of the DS's, you know, it used to be a phrase it used to be said was, nasty man did it and ran away.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, how did that, how did that crime, nasty man did it and ran away? And I still think today, whether it's cyber crime, whatever it is, you know, effectively it's nasty men doing it. Yeah. And it's mainly men and running away, yeah. you know. And, um, but they were, certainly the department there was very embedded in that area. There were contacts all over the place. You know, um, uh, informants, inform- all yeah. sorts of stuff,
0: and you're expected to as a as a DC, you're expected to go and get information.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. But- and I mean, it wasn't all. I mean, I'm, there's a bit of rose tinted it. you know, yeah, of course, it, it wasn't all perfect. It wasn't
0: all perfect, no. And
1: uh, but all I can say is, you know, when I my feet are before the fire, <laughs> yeah, it's a it, that is a warm remembering that and the people who were there particularly. Yeah. You know, that was a warm
0: time. That so were you studying time. for your exams whilst you were there? Uh, did I study? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, so. Manual of guidance. I failed
1: my science exam twice. Right. On traffic, both, because you have to take three papers. Yeah. I always managed crime and GPD. I couldn't do the traffic, saving life. Um, but I do now know that 1,750 is the maximum square centimeter of the rear vehicle, rear window of a dual-purpose vehicle. Is that right? I've never called it – I've never <laughs> had to rely upon that information. But it is – I had to learn it so, so rote that it's got stuck in there. But uh, it's probably changed anyway. But the um, – yeah, and then in the end I did – I put so much effort into it that I passed it. And actually it was in the top 200 in – In the country. In the country. Wow. Um, so I got it in the end and, uh, I suppose I did it cause I, it wasn't cause I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I was really thoroughly enjoying what I was doing. It wasn't because and sometimes you think, don't you, when people are more senior to you, you think I could do that better than
0: that. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: It wasn't cause of that. It was cause I thought well, I, I ought to. It's something I ought to do sooner yeah. rather than later, but it took me three years to achieve it.
0: But but you're, I mean, you are a scholar, as we said earlier on. And That's... the hardest thing for me was putting the updates in the, the manual of guidance, because no sooner yeah. you put one lot in, you you, you get, get another, another load lot of yeah. updates and you have to change it all again. It's, I mean, you know, I say this, I haven't failed it twice.
1: It's not an inconsiderable, you know, I mean, I've done exam, loads of exams in my lifetime. It's not an inconsiderable test. That was not an inconsiderable no. test, you know, it was
0: a significantly tricky in terms of volume particularly certainly i'm not i'm not decrying because i passed under osprey which was multi-choice blah 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 yeah 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 you know, i still had to learn dates weights and all that sort of stuff but it was longhand yeah when you took it it was longhand you yeah. had to give an account of yeah you know so if you, if you i think about, so yeah it was if you had to do a if, if it was a question about burglary the first thing you'd do is you'd write the definition of burglary out and you'd score a point by doing yeah you that. were learning
1: i was anyway you were learning chunks of it yeah Off, literally, things like you know, I can remember I got a question actually on this, which was powers of entry under the Mental Health Act warrants, right? And fortunately, I'd learned it like off by heart. Yeah, never used it. No, actually, but yeah, no, um, I'd forgotten all about that, Paul. But the um, that obviously took some effort, but the uh, yeah, I I passed that, Um, and because you got in the top two hundred, I think you got automatically promoted. Then yes, they put you as being you know quickly promoted,
0: and that's two hundred across the whole UK. So there's forty three forces. So yeah. that is quite an achievement. Yeah, but it's just rope learning at the end
1: of yeah, the day. Yeah, I know. But it's so rope, and it was because I thought I can't do this a fourth time, <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and um, yeah, and I got promoted uniform sergeant at Grace. which is to a Grace. great
0: place. I mean, that I is love a real, Grace. Uh, that's a real. Um, sort of the earth area. I really like Grays. And the police and, officers work hard there.
1: Yeah. Yes. Good people. Uh again good people, you know, and again characters. And uh I always I always thought this is a very um what you saw was entirely what you got. Oh, Okay. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about Gray's town. You know, obviously Grays, Ockendon, Tilbury, yeah. Corringham. That's what Grays was then. Yeah. Uh and, uh, yeah, so I was custody sergeant there and patrol, which meant half-time custody sergeant, half-time patrol sergeant. Again, some good people. It wasn't as busy as South End, No. Um, but uh, some really good people um, who then, you know, f- moved parallel to me during a number of them, you know, uh, and did very well through their careers. And, uh, and some very funny times. And uh, yeah, another learning experience. It was it was early as late. I'd done Whitten B as a PC, right, which was
0: horrible. Actually, yeah, that was that, so. For those listening, Whitten B, you'd you'd do an early, which was six a.m. to yeah. two p.m. You'd do that for two days, then you'd you'd do nights. Yeah, so ten p.m. till six a.m. And then you'd come back on a quick changeover, changeover for a late turn. And late yeah. turn two o'clock in the afternoon. So you've had no s- sleep, and yeah, and if you travel, so I, I didn't mind that. I did. I did the traditional sevens when I first joined, um, but then I went over to Whitam and. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. sevens at Gray's. Yeah. And, uh,
1: but that was good. Yeah. no, uh, um, And uh, I ended up going back to Gray's much later on. But the, uh, but it was a night. Non- I like Grace, I like Grace, And you could
0: park there. And if you could park. <laughs> it was a police station. We yeah. I think in. you could
1: even do that as a PC, if I yeah. remember rightly. Yeah. Still can. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Um, Yeah, that was an interesting time, but I loved the CID and so I went through, I don't know how long I'd been there, I can't remember now, 18 months maybe, Uh, and so I applied for everything that I could possibly apply for. So I can remember applying for a fraud squad. I mean, I'm I'm not really keen on fraud, but I, I applied for a fraud squad job, I applied... For all sorts of fringy sort of CID jobs yeah uh and I also went straight studying for the inspector's exam and uh I got some cautionary advice from Nobby Clark who was the um I think he was working with Ralph Barrington head of CID at the time right uh telling me to stop applying for things I didn't really want to do and that but I'd get a CID post for too long and and I was fortunate enough to get a CID post, which was back to South End. But it coincided with me passing the inspector's exam.
0: Oh, right. Okay.
1: So my two avenues of escape both sort of came in, at, both horses came at the same time. same time. So I then had to negotiate that I could have a reasonable period as a DS because that's what I wanted to do yeah. Uh, yeah. at South End.
0: Was Mick Benning the, the district commander? No. Uh, divisional commander then?
1: It was. Peter Thorpe, I don't know. Pe- Peter Thorpe, I think is is the chap's name. Um. Yeah, nice chap. Nice chap, and they're all they're all nice. Uh, Mick Molyneux, I can remember yeah. as a governor. Uh, my governors as a DC were Colin Edkins and Brian Storey's lovely oh, man. Oh, a lovely bloke. Yeah. Uh, and Ken Smith was a DCR yeah. when I was there as a DC. Uh, and I think most of them were still there when I... Because I hadn't been away that long. When I came back as a DS and, uh, and that was, again, you know, it was the same again, actually. Actually, it wasn't quite as much fun as being a DC. But it was almost as much fun as being a DC. Well, you have different responsibilities. Different you? responsibilities, so. Yeah. It's a lot more it's a lot easier being responsible for yourself, I always Oh no, than, I agree. Than
0: you know I enjoyed being a DS but yeah. but I'm having to quality sure everybody else is yeah. yeah making yeah, sure yeah. that the flock are actually adhering to the roles yeah. and not uh to... Yeah.
1: But some good people and oh, good yeah. people on the shift, some good jobs, did some nice jobs, uh, and I was there. Uh then I got promoted to inspector so they eventually got me promoted to ins- not eventually it was very quick it was about a year 18 uniform months or late. di uniform year 18 months
0: later to brentwood we- brentwood oh what a great place
1: yeah to brentwood uh and that was different again in, in the works different you know and uh dennis shepherd was a yeah I, I don't think he was my boss there but he was he was because i think brent was part of greys then yes it was but the um and some some interesting jobs there, and uh, I was there for th- maybe three years, two three years. What
0: did you actually do there, though? Section as, inspector. Section inspector. So you you were uh, you weren't running a shift. You were in charge of the whole uh, the whole.
1: Nick, so you're in charge of both because they still had response there then, and uh, so you had a response and beat team. Yeah, and uh, and all of that actually, which was different. You know. Interesting in terms of uh, the challenges that it – I mean, that all sounds very job-speak, doesn't it, challenges and stuff like that, but it, but it was. It, it was new ground and the political side of it, which was okay. And, but Brent was it's very
0: political anyway. Brent was very
1: political. And it's, it only just got his – I think it was the first CCTV anywhere until that had come in. And um, it was all together pretty good, actually, there uh, in that time. And you were you felt like, well, this is my manor. You know, that's yes. that's one of the biggest things. Actually, this is my turf. You know, this is now my. But you were turf, important
0: you... to the to the locals because the locals are very demanding. Um, and funny enough, I interviewed someone the other day, and he, he said I worked at Bazardon, where you could go in in your muddy boots, and that you know they'd, they'd welcome you, and they would never make a complaint. But you could knock on someone's door at Brentwood. And just by knocking on the door, next thing you know, you get a complaint because they've got a different type of…
1: Yeah, I suppose that's the same, you know, that can be the same pretty much anywhere, can't it? Yeah. People people are different than people. And you've got, I I suppose, if you're any good, you've got to assess it all the time, who you're dealing with and and the way of doing it, you know. You put on your best Bethnal Green or you you, you speak nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And and whatever. So, uh, yeah, so that and then I was DI at Harlow
0: another uh, great place
1: yeah another interesting place actually good team some good dss there some good mates there developed at Harlow uh, I'm gonna rattle through now yeah no that's fine and uh so you can you actually I mean the most enjoyable bits are the junior ranks really yeah. I found and then um after that I was I was put on oh we had um yeah the combat 18 murder yeah, I at harlow that. i was deputy for that
0: charlie sergeant
1: charlie sergeant yeah the cross murder oh no. cross was the other defendant christopher castle was the deceased yeah
0: that was interesting because that was all over fundraising and um... it was
1: all about um it was all about conflicts within that that organization and um and a very interesting trial actually as well really interesting trial for that um and that was working with Steve Reynolds was the SIO, which is terrific. Yeah. And and Steve had been my DI at South End. Right. Uh, so that was good. And I've known Steve all that time.
0: Uh, and they end up getting convicted on the
1: – They it. both got convicted, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they both got convicted of that. And um, And you pick up – it's like, you know, this is what you do, isn't it, during the job. You pick up all these little tips, little experiences where you think, actually, that works. Yeah. Or – if I'm going to do a search area, do you know what, I'm going to do that extra bit as well. And that, you know, in this case, happily yeah. turned up that word of weapon and stuff like that. So though those bits of memory, you're managing to wheedle out of the dim recesses
0: of my brain. Uh, so it came out of that. Oh, sorry, Simon, but but we've now developed into, in Essex, major investigation teams. At that time, it was dealt with... It was dealt with on, division. on the division. Yeah. That so, was all division. And, and you... You'd call people in and from other yeah. divisions as a, as a support call.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was that's exactly how it was dealt with pre MIT. And in that case, you know, and it wasn't an easy case, um, for a whole host of reasons. But it worked. All the team that worked on that really did, you know, very well. And I won't start naming the people who did it. No, very no, well no. Be, Because I'm about to forget one person who did just <laughs> as well as others. <laughs> but the everyone did very well on that. Um, and satisfying and, and and experientially a good piece of work you know to be involved in. Uh, Was that the first murder you'd been? I'd been involved in some murders at South End, not doing the mason <laughs> but rather the uh, but as part of inquiry teams yeah. and that. And uh, I used to do the artist impressions of of you know, the drawings of suspects and stuff like that as well, even as a PC. Did you? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, but the um, – so I've, I stopped being a DI and get promoted to DCI. So I never did chief in, uniform chief inspector, I don't think. No, I didn't. Uh, right, DCI, head of child protection unit, as it was then. And that
0: comes with its own stresses.
1: Yeah, different work altogether, and I know it's a cliche, unpleasant word, but it is, um, it is genuinely for all the people who work on it. Uh, very unpleasant work. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a world of time for all the people who work on that. Uh and that's head courts post. And that was Dick Madden had was was the chap who was moving on. Yeah. I think to be an SIO. And
0: uh what year was that then, So Ninety eight maybe. Right. Ninety eight, I think ninety eight. Cause he became my SIO in two thousand when we went to MIT's. So I was on the first cohort of MIT. And he, so, but yeah, it would have been about that. Perhaps sort of.
1: he didn't go straight there. I don't remember. But Dick, I was, definitely took over from Bless His Heart, Dick, and uh, lovely Dick. And um, I started in there. I'm really struggling now to remember dates. But no, the, I right. think I was in there a couple of years. Some reasonably major inquiries in there, child deaths and child and that, homicides. I mean,
0: I'm not asking you to, do, but to go to a mortuary where there's a child and a pathologist is going to undertake an examination. That is, uh, for me, that's every, every, um, what you're saying sticks in my mind, but for me, that, you know, when a child is involved, that is particularly, you know, difficult. And that's something that I don't, I don't harp back to it, but it is something when you walk in, it's the, the, you know, the sights and sounds and what have you, it's not particularly nice.
1: Yeah, it's best not dwelt on really, but the, um, there the whole yeah none there's nothing good to be said about that right. experience and and no more so when it's adults either you know no, no. and I've obviously been to a few yeah. over over the years uh and it, it can't help but give people a different perspective on life and mm. things I think probably affects everyone differently um but uh yeah so that was a salutary experience. Uh, doing that and a very, uh, quite a formative, professionally formative experience for later on. Because you had a, because in some ways, I don't know whether it's the case now, but you got the impression that it was a bit of a sealed off world, you know, that a lot of officers don't actually touch much. Oh, absolutely. And as a con, whereas there was always a good argument for officers being aware of that type of problem that police policing has and and society has to face because of it's it's particularly um it's it's particularly peculiar for want of a better word it's not a good word the nature of it yeah the, the unusual nature of it so uh did that um went for promotion
0: did i go for promotion from there
1: i think so
0: I can't remember. Just, just sorry, sorry. Just no, no,
1: no, no. I went temporary superintendent then. Oh, did you?
0: Well, just going back to the, uh, the child protection stuff. When we joined, we, it was a CSB. That's right. And it was um, looking after little kids. And I and I think I think what shocks me around the child abuse element is the volume of crime that comes in. Now, Simon Willett, who he's been his podcast will be out by the time this one comes out, he, he alludes to the amount of work and the types of, types of jobs. And some of it is um, genuine mistakes by parents where, where they haven't harmed their child, but everything has to be identified and looked at and dealt with properly. Because if if it's not dealt with properly, that can escalate to your Victoria, Col- Columbia and, and so on and so forth. And it's the responsibility of every police officer in the country. If they walk into a house and they see a child, irrespective of wealth, they see a child that's of in any form of distress or potential neglect, they need to identify that, and you're quite right. I think that everybody should have, they have attachments for everything else: domestic violence, what have you. Child abuse is a big, is a key yeah. area.
1: That, I mean, they did do attachments. They did do attachments, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly. But it's a very, you know, all policing is demanding. Yeah, this is just demanding at a different, not a different level, but in in a different, this is different sphere, different sphere. Yeah, and I have got. You know, I did at the time, hopefully people felt that I did, but the, uh, you know, you you took your hat off to the people who were dealing with this day in doubt. And I wasn't, I mean, I was the, you know, I was the chief Chief inspector. Inspector. So, yeah, I would have to deal and be aware of and know about and et cetera, et cetera. But I wasn't on a regular basis. I mean, I dealt with some cases. On a regular basis, doing the hands-on day-to-day stuff, you know, which is very demanding, and um, so and continues so to be the um, yeah. So that was uh, you know that was quite an experience. Um, And then I'm struggling now. (laughs) Temporary superintendent. (laughs) I think it. I think I went temporary. Yeah, I think yeah, I did. I went temporary superintendent, which was was it? I dunno. Sio or did you? I was doing SIOing by
0: then. Because you went on major crime, at major investigations. Yeah,
1: I went. And let's make it simple and I'll forget about this temporary bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I applied for promotion and uh, uh, yeah, I did an assessment centre up in Greater Manchester Police he went for, which I went for uh, and was successful on and got promoted superintendent to criminal justice department. So,
0: How did you find that? Because you've been hands-on right the way through. I found it very,
1: course. very different, actually. And um, I had some really good – I say that really good people. I've been blessed with really good people. I had some really good people there who knew what they were doing, which was far more than I did, <laughs> and, uh, and did it really, really well. Uh, but a very interesting area to work in, especially with interaction with the courts and the judges and –
0: Uh, And and for those listening, the criminal justice department, CJD, they quality assure, they make sure that um, files are up to speed, that the court process is going smoothly, that officers are actually fulfilling their obligations. Yeah. Um, CPIA around disclosure, making sure that they've got it absolutely spot on because it's all right arresting someone, but if you can't get them to court, whatever the outcome, then the whole system falls around you.
1: Yeah, and that had all changed, obviously, from the days when I was a D.C., you had a prosecutions department, yes. but you did basically the whole yes. file yourself. Yes, um, and then uh, whenever that was about two thousand, I think I was there. Uh, so, fifteen years later, this department, which was very needed, was was making sure it was all all the you know.
0: But I found that really difficult because all, I took great pride in putting the star clip. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. As the last person to touch it, it was a, yeah. You know, it had to be a work of art.
1: Yeah. But it was a, uh, and I think that was a time of economies in the police service generally as well, if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. But really, I was, uh, that was the post where I was probably more figurehead than anywhere else, mm. I guess.
0: More uh, strategic, yeah, possibly,
1: possibly a strategic sort of role there. But the, uh, uh, but it was really, you know, uh, Mick Thwaites had been in there before me. And it was a smooth operation when I arrived in it, you know, and made it less smooth. <laughs> <laughs> but they, my staff managed to recover it to being... The lovely Mick twice. Being, uh, I still talk to him. He's still yeah. around. I'm so, um, still smoother than, than it had been, or at least as smooth as Mick yeah. made it. So, uh, yeah, so I was in there for a period, back in the white shirt for a change. Uh, and then I moved from there... And a post which had been created, which was it was called Director of Investigations. Right. And it was basically a detective superintendent post at headquarters whose job was to assist the SIO strength, because by this time MITs have been created. Yes. Uh, hopefully assist rather than get in the way of uh, and do reviews around and do the cold case, start up the cold case setup. Uh, and also do SIO duties as well. So I was in. That was back. In, that was on the fourth floor headquarters.
0: Uh, we had four four, four MIT F- offices then, didn't we? So yeah,
1: four SIOS. Four SIOs. So you
0: you complemented that strength, yeah, yeah. Um, and gave the additional support.
1: Yes, yes. I think that's the best. That's the best way of. Uh, uh, you can't be an SIO and be a shrinking violet, to be no, honest. No. So. I was a puny violet amongst four very robust violets, but the no, it was uh, it was it was good. And uh, the people who who, you know who who were doing the SIO, and again, that's you know, I mean, I've done SIO, and I know what uh, what SIO work is like, and uh, and very demanding and stressful stuff it can be. And uh, but that was useful, and obviously, I got myself some more SIO experience doing that uh some of which was quite complicated and um and again I'm going to speak up for people again you know and, and ably assisted by really good teams of people
0: yeah and, we've and got some, I mean, some interesting really, jobs I think yeah
1: yeah 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 and um and some lively stuff and some long long running you know stuff with covert stuff going on at the same time and and all that thing I'm not going to go down into no, no. into the weeds of that but the um But really demanding stuff. But uh, again, you have this. What I was describing at the South End sort of days, the sort of esprit de corps, really, which is where it's almost like you. It's like a team, like any sort of almost like a sports team, really. People know, you know, some of these World Cup sports, and they know where the pass is going to come from and stuff like that. And it's when you have a team that works like that that's really good, you know. And if the ball gets dropped, there's someone there. Yeah. You know, mopping it up, yeah. sort, of, um, sort of stuff, doing really good work with suspects, doing really good work with witnesses um, and getting really good results as a result of it. And again, some more... I mean, the court experience is always interesting. I've always found the court experience interesting. Uh, and uh, there was plenty of that as well. So, yeah, uh, uh, it was all demanding. You know, there's no shortage of hours, to be honest. No, that, no. That went into these roles. But the... Uh, and you're dredging this is the first time I've sort of dredged this back since I've retired. So Sorry, there's bits and there's bit there gonna be bits missing and stuff. Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh so anyway, I did that for a while. Uh that was under Steve Reynolds was divisional commander, had a crime then. Uh was he had a crime for all of that? I think he was. And then I got promoted to chief superintendent, uh, divisional commander back down in Grays. Uh and this was when the sort of performance drive in terms of numbers performance drive was really strong. And Gray's, you know, uh, I've described it already, but it, it was just as lovely a place to go back to, to be honest, as it had been when I'd left it so many years before. Yeah. And uh, and some of the people still, they, they have quite a, or used to have quite a stable officer. Yes compliment there not a lot of people moving in and out you know there were a lot of the old but you're on a
0: different floor now aren't you? different floor top floor but, but again
1: i'm going to say again you know i, I had a really good team of people again yeah. and um uh and some really hard grafting people you know and uh you is it's more difficult the more the higher you get promoted keeping your i used you know it's, it's a bit like having your head above the canopy of a Jungle, but trying to keep your feet on the ground at the yeah. same time. And uh, it's more difficult the further up you go. There's more of the politics, all the political sort of stuff uh, comes in and that. But um, that was a good time. And at that time, it was Grays and Basil and combined. Oh, what role? I can't remember what the division was called, but it was it yeah. was basically Grays and Basil and combined. Very different places, actually. Oh, yeah, they are. Very different places. And both places having a fairly stable officer complement. That didn't cross over very much because they'd been two old divisions in their own right, yeah. um, and uh, but yeah, that was um, that was good. And again, you did get that sensation you used to drive down to it sometimes via the sort of bursted. Yep. and there. You know, the patches laid out, and uh, you're yeah. coming off the bursted hills. Patches laid out in front yeah, of you, really, all you in know. front of me, yeah. And uh, and there was some really good partnership stuff working down there as well. Uh, and we did performance-wise, we did pretty well, actually. And what uh, do you think that was? Uh, I was, I got good people. I got good people who were, you know, and some of these were they, they had got as much service as I had. But they were more than willing to, this sounds a bit job speaking, but no, no, more, than, more than willing to adapt, if you like, yeah. and say, right, okay, we'll, we'll do this and take positions of command. You know, to a certain extent, some DIs is taking positions. In the past, in the old days, if it wasn't a CID matter. Forget it. You don't bother going in the CID door. No. Do you know what I mean? Um, in, these, in that era, it was much more bigger team. Uniform and CID together, which is how it should be. I think. Oh, I agree, and uh, and it worked pretty well. And um, yeah, and it was it was it was also it, um, some part of having good people is having people you can have a joke with as well, yeah, and a laugh with. And uh, and I was fortunate. I was fortunate with the people that I had there. I think. Um, and that's not just the officer compliment but the the support staff compliment, senior support staff yeah. compliment, very good, and the junior support staff, very good indeed, you know. And, um, you know, the finance manager Mary Hill, would do wonders with the with the budgets and the stuff. And, uh, so no, altogether, really interesting and an interesting part that estuary is an interesting. Yeah, part of the world anyway. Yeah, you know, geographically and historically, historically and everything is, yeah. else. Queen Elizabeth the First, Elizabeth the yeah. First, Tilbury, and all the rest yeah. of it. But um, yeah, and Lakeside and the motorway and the, and the, the railway was then in. You know, the um, Euro just go through tunnel going through, and all that sort of thing. And uh, and 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 the and the, 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 the neighbourhood was changing because it
0: had been quite a depressed
1: area, mm. but there was a lot of new growth. Because a lot of bits. people
0: don't realise that the bridge, at least a million cars a week go through the tunnel and yeah. the bridge, a million a week. Mm. I
1: was guarding that the night before it, not on my own nice night, but I was, <laughs> I was still on the top of that the night before. I think the Queen came at home. Oh really? Dish. Yeah. Uh, Oxide Fourth, 19.
0: Well, oh, I want to say ninety two, something like that. It yeah. opened there or thereabouts. I was uniform
1: doing something. Yeah. Up there. Like you do in uniform on occasions, standing. Can you stand there? Okay. (laughs) And six hours later, you you have to stand there. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I find it, whenever I go over there, I used to quote ad nauseam, the number of vehicle traffic when I was trying to get money,
0: the amount of vehicle traffic that passes through. I don't think many people know it. No, because they drove past, when I was a kid, used to drive past it and because we only went through a tunnel then. We didn't have a bridge. And on the left-hand side... It was all cement works. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was that was Grace for yeah. me, and it was unless you. I think officers, unless you'd served there, it's a bit of a
1: secret, really. And unless you'd served there, no reason to go there. You've got no reason to go no. there, and um, it, you're not going to go there on holiday, you know, or no. anything like that.
0: Although there is a beach at Grace, there
1: is a great there is a beach at Grace, yeah.
0: But it's a great place. I mean, it's still- it's a
1: really interesting. Yeah, place. It is. That's what I was going to say. Nothing wonderful, but every time I go over the bridge, I do. Cast an eye left and right, you know, and think, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, you've got to go up and down the river as well. Whatever yeah, absolutely. There, for a period of time. And uh,
0: so I, I've got a soft spot for there. And there. Yeah, uh, no, I, I have. And, and when Daniel Jones um, started, we were at Tilbury Nick. I mean, that was an experience in itself because you still had the CID that were working there. And it was, you know, very... Um, Beleaguered in a lot of ways, but it's a funny, it's a funny, a strangely designed police station. Oh yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, so you've 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 gone through that as chief superintendent, then you've gone back to a detective's role.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then got some head of crime, head of crime. Yeah, head of CID, uh, which is obviously back at headquarters on the fourth floor. Yeah. And I think that was two thousand eight.
0: How I did think. that make you feel? You know, you've gone through your service, and you're now. Well, funnily enough, um,
1: they had asked me on my initial interview, what did I want to do? Where do I want to get? And I said, well, I'd like to be. And I had had ideas of CID, of, you know, born of whatever the detective series was on the telly at the time, Sherlock Holmes and all this sort of thing, you know. And there aren't many inquiries which run like Sherlock Holmes. But I had said, very precociously, really, when I was, because they asked me the question. And I said, well, I'd like to be head of CID. Be the boss. And and then in 2008 I became head of CID. But in a sense, it's almost like you'd already done it. it I've, I felt an impression of, because you got so familiar with all the, you, you end up in that position pretty much knowing the people you're working yeah. with. And you'll have worked with them in that department or this department yes. on that inquiry or this inquiry, and uh, and it got it's more man you know the higher up you go the le- I mean it's less operational you are there's no doubt oh, yeah, about absolutely. that, um, and really I guess the most satisfying aspect of police work is operational duties mm. without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not I was never I've never been a great lover of meetings really no. and I mean they're essential but it only, I only didn't essential
0: join, if you have to be there I,
1: I didn't I didn't join the police to go to meetings really no. you know as a youngster and um, and of course the more senior you are in the uniform or the CRD ranks a lot of it is much more strategic it's much more political uh, and whilst yeah, you know, I definitely had some strong views on those fronts uh it's not the same amount of being selfish. It's not the same amount of enjoyment as is involved. No. I love I love a puzzle. So the internal – I didn't find the internal machinations of the police service quite as intriguing as, you know, dealing with a, a crime. Of some yeah. Form of.
0: It's going going so, to a crime scene
1: and, yeah. and, and picking that apart. Yeah. So – um it's and you're there. What you've got 500 odd, I think. I don't know, I can't remember the numbers, but something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, officers, uh, you're not able in the same to the same extent. This was about you know, head above the canopy, feet on the ground. Your feet are not as firmly on the ground with what those officer de- individual departments are experiencing.
0: And you were you are in charge The higher up you go, but you're in charge of normal CID. Uh, you're sort of
1: nominally in charge, of normal yeah. divisional CID. You're in charge of the major investigations, scientific, sport, scene to crime, same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the then, because it had changed while I was there, but then the I think they called called then the drugs and serious crime. Yeah. Squad, yeah. So they're sort of proactive, um, and child abuse departments, all the other departments that support those, the intelligence staff. So it's a lot it's quite of a footprint. It's it's a lot of, it covers a lot of ground. Uh, and the pure arithmetic of that is such that your feet aren't as, somewhere like Gray's when I was working there, even as I used to interfere in the CID stuff when yeah. I was uniform, divisional commander there. You know, you went down a flight of stairs and say, How are we getting on with?
0: Yeah, the, the, the Fred, robbers, Fred the who's the robbers? The robbers, Smith and
1: Jones, yeah. you know. Um, have we thought of doing this? Do you want to do that? And and even intervening sometimes, which I did, you know, uh, to move things along a little bit, um, you haven't got the same ability to do that with no. all those departments. And you don't need to have the same ability in a sense because you've got perfectly capable people to doing it either as superintendents or chief inspectors, you know, and doing a really good job of it.
0: Yeah. You can't possibly know everything that's going on, though. I no, mean, no. You, you, you can't possibly, and albeit you, you could be held to account. Well, for
1: the briefing, you- if you remember, I mean, the briefing sessions, morning brief, this is all morning mm. briefing times and had been for a number of years. So you knew, hopefully you knew the emergent sort of issues yes. and, and jobs and stuff like that and were able to react, um, react to them. Of course, you also did, which I'm missing out for a number of those years. You're also doing your firearms command roles as well, Yeah. your silver commander and your gold commander firearms roles, which are diff- uh, 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 in, uh, challenging and in, that is operational. And,
0: and you're making operational decisions. Whether certainly as, as the gold commander and the silver commander, if if as a firearms team that's been deployed, and yes, it's their their instinct that if they had to shoot somebody they're doing it on their back. But you're the one who's actually signing it off, aren't you? You're you're making the ultimate decision.
1: You're yeah, I I don't wanna because A, my memory isn't that brilliant. I mean they're very good training. Oh massive, yeah. Very good training for that, um, as it should be. And uh but you're not left in any doubt. I mean it's not all firearms work. You no know, a lot of it is like, you know, you g I can remember one afternoon, which happily ended very fine. An afternoon with something like a six-year-old missing.
0: High-risk missing person.
1: On, um, I think it was at Walton, on Walton seafront, just as the sun was going down, you know, and you think, I don't want a missing six-year-old when it no. starts getting dark because it's just, it is a walking nightmare, you know. Yeah. I mean, I dealt with a, there was a, um, a threat to aircraft, um, which was very stressful that I dealt with doing those duties. And again, but you know, and you're dealing with other agencies and stuff. But very was well. it a live job? Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but very demanding. Yeah, you know, and it's also shift work, so you're also on call twenty four seven for that. So it's all, yeah. I guess it's all fairly demanding. You know, the people who
0: are doing it now. I should think uh, they will find it fairly demanding. Well, but but <laughs> the know? thing is that people believe that the police service is one dimensional. They won't even consider. That you've had to do that as a gold commander or a silver commander, or that you've had to make these strategic decisions. They think that you know the naysayers. Dare I say it? They think that it's all about the visible stuff that they see. They don't realise there's a there's a, a business behind the police service that keeps it going. Oh,
1: it's um, and I'm sure it's even more so now. You know that it's um it's multifaceted. You yeah, know? there's an awful lot of stuff that must be going on. And that's just to, you know, to try and manage demand and keep up with demand. I've got no idea really, no insight really now at all. My, I'm well out of date in terms yeah. of what was going on. I'm very conscious of that. And it's difficult for me to judge because I was doing it. So I guess if you put someone else in that and said, what do you think of that? Is that demanding? Is it not demanding? You know, I, There were times I found it really fairly demanding. Yeah, no. and uh, And I'm sure it still is today. And um, do, does everyone have that insight, the members of the public? Are probably not, you know, but in the same way as they probably don't have an insight into what people are doing in Broomfield Hospital at the moment, you know, or, or um, you know, how social services are having to manage various high-risk cases they may have. It's... Um, it's just it's a demanding piece of work but
0: you just you just pick three key areas where there is a hell of a amount hell of a lot of um, criticism leveled at these at these great people and actually they because what people don't know they make up so the criticism around whether it could be the the, the chap that died recently in the and I don't know anything about it in the in the taser um, deployment it, because people don't know about it, the first thing they do is they jump onto to the, the police are being bullies. They're not being bullies, they're doing their job. And therefore they make up the things that suit them around the social services. They'll moan about, there's, there's not enough social workers. We know that. There's not enough police officers. So mm-hmm. There's not enough people working in the a- NHS. What was your your crowning glory as, as a police officer before we move into your... Do you know, I thought you might ask me that question. Did you?
1: And so, Paul, I can faithfully answer I haven't got one really
0: haven't you no
1: I don't i I can't I can't look at it like that it doesn't appear to me
0: like that at all um was there never a trial that you thought oh do you know what that that was that was there was there were
1: there were a few trials where I thought uh we did a good job there and I say we because it's not me. No, I absolutely agree. We we did a good job there. Uh, That was a clever piece of work. We got a really good result or we got the, you know, it's for the court to decide what happens. Yeah, absolutely. But we got um, a result, you know, uh, at the end of that. Um, And there are a few of those that stay with me and are are there. Uh, But there's not What it's not a question of, one particular of job. Of one job, no. It's a number of them. And to be honest, quite a lot of it is internalised. I look back on it and, and – well, I don't look back on it, actually, very much until you've maybe come to it. I'm sorry, <laughs> But, Simon. but I, I look back on it and I think uh, my my world experience or life experience is is probably different from quite a few other people's life experience. Theirs is probably different from mine. Yeah. Uh, and you're you're constantly obviously dealing with people, so hopefully it helps you deal with people. in just in, in ordinary, anything you follow thereafter and in, in ordinary life,
0: you know. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's. I mean, um, what about? Uh, I mean, you got to chief superintendent. Do you regret not going for ACPO? Do you? No, I consciously, I actually, I mean,
1: I, maybe I wouldn't have got it. I was a bit bolshier, slightly bullshit as a perhaps as a senior officer.
0: How did that go down?
1: Sometimes it went down famously, but other times it didn't. <laughs> other times perhaps not quite so well. But the, um, and, you know, home circumstances as well. You know, I have yeah. two young children. I've got two stepchildren as well. Yeah. And um, the, uh, it wasn't something and and that didn't really appeal to me, you know it didn't really appeal no. to me and uh because I guess I thought which is probably unfair, but i is the feet on the ground bit I still wanted the a little bit of the feet
0: on the ground and you probably weren't political enough uh, well, that's a, what, what does political mean in that well <laughs> because you, I look at the and I do feel for the modern senior officers because they have to be. Very, um, you know, they have to work well with the PCC, for instance. Yeah, the,
1: the thing which strikes me, and actually, this is crib from Ian Islop. I heard him say it the other day. That, um, and it's true. It's, true, I think it's true of the police service, and, and it's certainly true of the armed services, We're crown servants. Yeah, we're, we're crown servants. Our, our allegiance is to the crown. Yes, and that's the beautiful part. Going back now. Some of our history and politics from way back when, you know that's the that's the beautiful part of the unwritten British constitution. Yes, that uh, that ensures that we're not political in meaning with a big P. Um, could could you? We all need to be diplomatic. We all need to be you know, guarded in how we couch things um, and stuff. But uh, no, I didn't feel that was for me really, and and to be honest. Uh, it should have been, in some senses, you know, if one was being mercenary about it, I, I, I should have gone for it. Because I'd been a superintendent you know, after 14 years, you know, so I effectively spent spent how uh, many is that 17 years in just two ranks. Yeah, but um, I don't regret it, not for a not not a scrap. And I'm ever so. I know this sounds trite, right? But. um the thing I'm most grateful for is the, the numbers of really good people. Yeah. That I've worked with and have worked for me and with me on, on various bits and pieces I did.
0: Any regrets?
1: Can't, can't no. think of one. No. Well, yeah, I mean
0: that you know, my, my abiding memory of, of of you is, you know, one, you are a great artist. You love oh, your love cricket. That, that. You you know, you you, you like the cultured things in life. Um and dare I say, we all had a bloody good time in the police service, you know. Yeah. And it was—I'm it... sure,
1: I'm sure you don't remember, you know. I'm sure there were times. Like I can remember guarding a fence at Stansted Airport. That's one of the memories I <laughs> have. And I knew every link on that chain link fence yeah. after ten hours guarding that fence yeah. with a max packs halfway through. I knew every link on that fence, and but you had an awful lot of experiences actually dealt with an awful lot of people, uh, you know, good people, misguided people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any big acts to grind against villainy or anything like that. You no. know, they're people as far as I'm concerned and you, you deal with them. And I think you developed this thing where it was a job. You know, that's why you call your thing what you call it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, It's a job. Yeah. And uh, so it was... Uh, it obviously, you know, taking—I mean, thirty-one years, heck of a long time. A long really. time. and I'm surprised and, and sorry I can't remember
0: more. Of it no, that's again. fine. but I, th- I think it's the smaller things that that actually um, we we take with us. You know, it's the the. the I remember going to a, a a person who was ninety-four, and it was New Year's Eve, and I said, "What's you know?" And they were. <laughs> Sitting in one room, nobody's seen them. They thought it passed away, and I said, "Well, oh, what's what's the secret of getting old?" And this old dear said, "Don't do it," <laughs> you know. And it's those it's those little things.
1: Yeah, oh, the- there's there's hundreds of that. If you really struggle to get it back, there's hundreds of those little interactions isn't there which yeah. you um, that you forget. You know, there's hundreds of things, and you're constant. You actually are fairly constantly reminded of it, but yeah. because you see things and you think that's just like. That's where, yeah, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but no, and I think the people who I work with—I mean, not everyone's brilliant, you know. No, but the people I work with, I was lucky and fortunate um,
0: in having some really good people. And as we said earlier on, there's a percentage of people that are going to let you down. There's a percentage of people that are going to be flyers, and you, all you really want is the worker ants in the middle that are just going to keep it keep it steady for you.
1: Yeah, you need it. You need a mix. A team job, you know. It's so, a team job so yeah, when did you retire
0: then so when did you leave
1: the well I was service? thinking about that when I was driving up here because it must have been <laughs> 2000 and I did 31 after 84 so it must have been 2015 it was the winter right and I did a night shift gold command which I think was slightly problematic there was a job if I remember right it was slightly problematic and that was my retirement and um handed it over to the deputy at the time Derek Benson that was my that was my last they duty. weren't all
0: queuing up to pat you on the back and give you... They a hadn't known,
1: really, because I didn't make any fuss.
0: What's uh, very few people actually knew... I'm going to call you the reluctant chief superintendent.
1: <laughs> very, pe- very few people knew, which is how I wanted it, really. I didn't want to... I certainly didn't want to do, and I didn't want... Uh, but you not like fuss, then. I was quite... I don't, actually. And uh, I was quite happy to drift off... Uh, and I, I'd been emptying my lockers and disposing of surplus kit and all the rest of it for several weeks beforehand, you know. But um, so when my tunnel broke surface, not a blade of grass moved, and I just I just scampered off.
0: So into, you hand over the keys into, into, to Derek, into, and Derek's into, who's now retired as well. Yeah. Um, did you tell him at the time? That's it, then I'm off now, boss. Or uh...
1: I don't remember. I think I might have done. I think he might have. I maybe. This may be totally apocryphal of me or me making it up or whatever, because this is what happens with history, you see. History isn't what took place, history is what people say took place. Right. right. So I'm saying what happened is, because you hand over your phone at about six o'clock in the morning, and I'd have passed over whatever job there was. And I think he, he's a very nice man, Derek, and yeah. polite, and, and said, uh, Oh, well, I'll probably see you at so and so. And I said, well, "I'm afraid you won't come." And I said, "Because this is my last tour of duty." So, oh, thank you very much. I was invited to. I think everyone is invited to pop back or something, which I didn't take opportunity no. to. And that isn't meant as any. But I'm moving on, so you move on, you know. Yeah, because it is an absorbing thing. Yeah, it is that, absolutely.
0: Thirty-one So, how did
1: you move on? What did you do next? Uh, well i i i didn't actually hadn't actually given it a tremendous amount of thought but uh i had been doing uh field archaeology um, for about 7 years before that as a hobby as a hobby yeah um which i enjoyed and so i thought well i'm going definitely going to be carrying on doing that um I might as well see if I can go and do a masters in it, and purely as chance would have it, I think I put in Google because we had Google by then, mm. archaeology masters, and Oxford popped up, and with a closing date of about in, in about three weeks' time or something. And this is literally, I think the, I think this is the week I retired, and I thought, so I wrote to the bloke who was running there and said, look, I'm an old kid. I'm not a young... I don't know. And he said, no, 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 apply for it, apply for it. So I applied for it and was fortunate enough to get on the course. So I, I went and did a master's at Oxford in, in landscape archaeology, applied landscape archaeology, it's called. Um, and the most difficult thing was it was so many years since I'd done my last degree, I couldn't get University of London to admit I'd ever been there. Oh, no. Yeah, I in the end, they, they obviously went to the bowels of some... Archive somewhere <laughs> dusted down a carbon piece of carbon paper <laughs> and for, and justifies the fact I've been there. So, yeah, so I went down there. That was two years. What and does that I, actually mean, though? Landscape archaeologist, what is that? Uh, apply, it's applied landscape archaeology. Right. So, it's basically uh, it's, it takes the premise of that, okay, so if you have an archaeological site, say, I don't know, um, you have a Roman villa. Yeah. Okay. And the country's got about a hundred odd of them. This country has. Uh, it's all very well knowing where the walls are and, and stuff like that, but what else can you do to understand its right. location in the landscape, the nature of the society that it's supporting or exploiting? In the case yeah. of Roman villas, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a wider. It's basically, you know, it's again this. Funny enough, it's this feet on the ground in terms of the actual digging work. And your head above the canopy, seeing how it all fits in, yeah, uh, and and then all the scientific techniques that are entailed in exploring that, really. So all the you know people who've watched Time Team and things like all the geophysics that's involved in that, ground penetrating radar, and resistivity, and magnetometry, and and um, environmental sampling, and you know, it's a multidiscipline sort of area. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it was a two-year course uh, doing that, part-time two-year course in the midst of which I'm doing my field work still and, and stuff like that, which was really, you know, it was lovely actually. I found university had changed quite a bit since I'd been there, or perhaps I had. I'd got older certainly. Uh, and Oxford's a lovely place. It's a lovely, yeah. it's a lovely place to go to university. Um, and, uh So, no, I thoroughly enjoyed that, thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, very demanding in terms of this is all essays basically and projects and dissertations and stuff like that, Um, which were fairly regular and fairly long and fairly intense and actually very different from the university experience in the sense of this is all about accreditation and stuff like that and... uh, to what it had been back in the 1970s. Uh but and it was just it, it, you know it's just very I ent- thoroughly enjoyed that. And it you know I'd read around a lot of archaeology anyway because that's my hobby. Um but no it's very interesting. So
0: the special do you have a speciality? Do you have a, a time period that you like to look at or is it all <laughs> well I've always the, the, the bit
1: which is always I've been keen as on well, is the Roman Okay. The Roman Empire in Britain—it's called now. It's not Roman Britain; it's the Roman Empire in Britain,
0: um, of which we have a lot around Essex. I mean, you, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, smothered with C- it in Colchester and... and stuff like. That. But actually, there's a lot everywhere.
1: Yes, of course. Um, Is you're never you're never further than a few hundred yards from a bit of Roman. <laughs> really? Yeah. In most, certainly in southeast England um, and southern England generally, less so in the north, but um, it's, it's, I mean, that's one of the first things you learn really is, is, is archaeology is just everywhere really. You know, there's probably some in your back garden. Yeah. And uh, uh, so no, that's, uh, I find that interesting. and The thing I find interesting about that is they're the only people who really successfully managed to control Europe as a whole. I mean, this is all pretty obscure yeah, academic stuff. No, go for it, Simon. I'm, but, I'm,
0: uh, I'm, I'm interested,
1: and uh, and they did that. I mean, you wouldn't have wanted to be alive then, or in fact any other period, if for no other reason than toothache. You know, toothache is was a major killer right until the last 100, 150 years. You know, so
0: right,
1: you wouldn't want you, you, you're far better off being around today. But um, they did a they did that. They managed to sort of for want of a better word, have an overriding influence on most of Europe for 300-odd years. Uh, most of that was done by a regime of getting people to buy into that as opposed to, because there was only so much army, you know, yeah. to police it as such. Uh, they're very kind to archaeologists because they leave an awful lot of material behind because totally. they, ma- they make very good quality material which then lasts and so a lot of it's left behind. Um, there's all sorts of interesting aspects to a little specialism. You know, you wouldn't there is not a specialism within archaeology which hasn't been catered for. You could you could you can find something on a site and think, well, oh, where on earth are we going to find out about that? But will there'll be someone who Really. Yeah. For whom that
0: is there. it's fascinating their expertise. And, and, and we we were talking earlier on, and I said before I knew that you'd done your, your media stuff, and I see that the police, archaeologists, and the, and the media are very, very kindred because they're all after the same. They're all about digging things up and working through yeah. processes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, under, and you, yeah. You've done, and that's why I said my triangle is complete because you've done all three of those. What sorts of things have you found? I mean, that we we've gone, wow, this is you know three thousand years well, old. Well,
1: you can you, you'd have to be an, you know to a certain extent, you have to have. Uh, I mean, here's a little scenario. So we were doing a dig on a place called Ramsey Abbey, which is in Huntingtonshire. It's now part of a big school's grounds. Right. And there's uh, – so this is rewarding because of the amount of effort, this this example, if you like. So there's a di- – this is a, a Benedictine Abbey that goes back to 1100 and something. Right. And uh, a huge ditch surrounds it, covering a big lot of ground. You know, there are rich people who, who are running this abbey. And the ditch was something like, I'm probably going to exaggerate now, but it was something like three metres deep or something, you know, and maybe I'm looking at your ceiling to try and judge the distance. Seven about, six. about three, three, maybe two or three metres wide. Right. right. And when you're watching it on telly, a lot of what you'll see is the feather duster sort of end of it, you know, with the yeah, little yeah, trowels yeah. and stuff. Well, on an awful lot of sites, there's an awful lot of tonnage of dirt that's been moved before you get to that stage. And so we'd done this. This pleased me because we'd we'd done this ditch. This was our ditch, me and John. And uh, we'd gone down this ditch and then gone down this ditch and gone down there. was absolutely nothing, nothing. I mean, it was full of ditch fill, but nothing in it, nothing in it. And um, the chap was directing it because you have to be concerned also about depth, safety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wall collapse and stuff. So you had to step it out. And he said, I think we've finished with this, we've closed it. I said, well, we're not at the bottom. I said, we need to go a little bit. I think we need to go a little bit further. How about just this morning? And so we went down for it. And what's going to be there is nothing astounding to the normal. It's not a nugget of gold or anything like that. But at the bottom of it is an upturned cow skull, which actually, and I won't go into the detail of this, but has a ritual meaning, an upturned cow skull, because of the shape of
0: it. Right.
1: Um... And in in addition to that was virtually an entire, complete, I think it's 12th century medieval pot. Now, all that does is prove that this dug, because it's right at the bottom of the ditch, was dug in the 12th century. So it's not Aladdin's cave, you know, it's not anything like that. But purely because of the amount of effort that you've put in and your refusal to say, we're going to pack it in. Yeah. You, you get a result of sorts, which then helps sort of construct the landscape around that thing. So, but again, a bit like when you're saying about the police work, what's the standout event? Or, um, with, with the if you've got the standpoint that I have, it's all interesting, it all
0: becomes, yeah, interesting. no, of course.
1: I mean, we did a, I did say about this legend before. So, this is obscure. Are you happy with obscure? Yeah, so, uh, okay. yeah,
0: please do. Okay,
1: Clavering, Northwest
0: Essex. Yes, Jamie Oliver Ground.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, where he used to live, up there. Uh, there's a castle mound there next yes. to the church. Yes, which reputedly is an Anglo Saxon castle mound owned by a bloke called Fitz Weimark at the time of the Norman conquest or just before, who was a close friend of Edward the Confessor, the king. Right. Uh, When they made Edward the Confessor a saint, one of the miracles which he was involved in, allegedly, and this is written down at about 1150, something like that, 1140, I think, 1144, actually, I think, was that he'd gone to Clavering, the king, uh, where he was confronted with the beggar, and the king's bag man wasn't present where he'd normally put his hand in give him some money. And so instead he gave the beggar, a brilliant sapphire ring, which right. he was wearing, gives it to this beggar as arms at the time of the foundation of a chapel.
0: Okay. Okay,
1: to St John the Baptist in that churchyard, around about 1060. In Clavering. In Clavering. That's the legend, and that partly yep. but gets sent to the Pope for the Pope to say, yes, he's the saint. That story carries on in that two of his knights are in the Holy Land, And they give back, and they are lost in the desert. They're confronted by this man in white flowing robes who says, I'm the beggar that your king bumped into in Clavering Churchyard. This is the ring he gave me. Um, You are to take that back to your king and tell him he hasn't got long to live on this earth. Wow. And he's to make his peace with God before he meets us. Meets his maker. Meets his maker in heaven. That's the legend, okay? The ring's brought back. And there's reasonable evidence that the sapphire in that ring is now the sapphire. It's called St Edward's Sapphire. And it sits atop the Imperial State Crown. Right. And that's the big sapphire. There's big blue sapphire. Yeah,
0: there is, yeah.
1: On top of the Imperial State Crown. I saw Crown. it last week. Yeah. So that's the story about that sapphire, right? And there's no corroborating evidence for that. But happily, uh, during the COVID year, you couldn't do a lot of excavation because of contact with yeah, yeah. the public and stuff. But you could do a lot of geophysical survey. So I surveyed the castle and found the castle, which hadn't been found before, which was nice. Big double courtyarded castle on that grassy mound. And then just the other side of the moat from it is the chapel, where that legend, which that legend relates to. Um, So it's, you know, some corroborating evidence, the legend of the ring, which I've, you know. Now, did that happen? probably you know did st john the baptist turn up in clavering churchyard
0: who knows
1: but the there's some basis for that story having been constructed and now we know where the structure is if you like that relate this missing lost chapel um which that relates to so we're in the process of getting some ground penetrating radar for that at the moment because that will show us a little bit more than the, the resistivity which we've already done on it or i've already done on it um and then possibly with a view to a little bit of excavation of that under a Ministry of Justice license, because you have to if you if you're excavating in a graveyard you have to have a Ministry of I'll Justice license. Yeah, yeah, um, and you have to have all you know quite properly. You have to have all the considerations that would go with. Yeah, it, yeah. You know? But no, so it was nice finding a castle which no one never knew existed. It was nice finding that that chapel associated with that legend which no one ever knew existed. Um, I'm currently, I've just been asked to be archaeological advisor on uh, the search for the site of the Battle of Ascendun. Really? Yeah, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Ascendun. No. No, not many people are. Um, Ascendun is the battle between King Canute and Edmund Ironside.
0: Right.
1: In 1016, as a result of which King Canute becomes the first Danish king of Britain. And Britain becomes part of a wider Danish empire. Right. And there's a there's some documentary reference to it happening in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and, and everything well, else. Know. And Ashton, which is a parish on the northwest corner of Essex yeah. near Saffron Walden, um, is thought of being the most, like in my book and most people's books, the most likely site. There is okay. a bit of competition with Ashingdon, down yeah. in South Endway. I'm fairly convinced, that, as are most people, I think, that it's Ashton. And uh, next year, we're engaging in a series of archaeological works there with a view to finding the site of that battle and the memorial chapel, which has since been lost, yeah. that King Canute constructed in 1020 to um, commemorate the fallen from that battle. So... Yeah, so there's some nice, interesting stuff coming. But as you said, you're quite right. To be honest, it's the same work,
0: really. It is. It's no different.
1: It's evident, you know, circumstantial evidence, building circumstantial, evidential cases, and exploring your best options, if you like. You know, you're TIE in your right locations and uh, um, using all the scientific techniques you can to try and fathom it out, you know. And, uh,
0: yeah, so it's Is there anywhere you'd like to visit and dig though? I mean, anywhere that you'd like to go and No, I've been very lucky. I
1: mean, we've gone you know, my wife Jo, it was a number of years, it was while I was still in the job actually, um, very kindly arranged for us to go and dig on the Western Front. So Oh wow. Uh which was incredibly moving yeah. experience. Um, A because of the work, you know, I've been doing with the old boys from my school anyway, and and uh so we were Um, very fortunate to be part of a team which was led by, I'm going to say their names, Peter Barton and Jeremy Banning led a team. ended up getting televised in the end. Oh, did it? Um, Where a plot of ground on the Western Front, just outside of a town called Albert, which is in the middle of the Somme battlefield area, um, a plot called La Boiselle. And I'll say Joe, bless her heart, arranged that. Brilliant brilliant experience very very moving experience mm. and uh, the best food i've ever experienced I know <laughs> I did, but it was the best food I, i've ever because generally you are eating a sandwich sitting on a bucket you know that's yeah. generally the that's generally the commissaria on archaeological excavations but this was really good you know fresh meat fresh meats cheeses and stuff like that but that wasn't the thing it was a mixed project involving um some of the military Royal engineers uh and some volunteers and you were excavating trenches in the chalk and uh we were very lucky even more lucky that um we met one of the royal engineer chaps whose name i can't remember but he he very kindly took us down the tunnels because they were excavating the tunnels for mines oh wow going under the lines and these tunnels are, I mean, they're not publicly accessible anyway, no. but they're, they're, they're something else, you know, because mm. uh, it's, it's all chalk, it's bare chalk with the little scorch marks of the candles where the candles stood to light it up, a little trolley way to bring the spoil up. So we went down this this first adit, they call, which is at a sort of um, probably about a... Uh, what would it be probably about a 20 30 degree angle going down for maybe i'm not the to measurement somewhere but it'll be around about 15 20 meters down then a turning circle then going down the opposite way and in a zigzag sort of fashion but deeper still and there are still Tommies buried down there mm. by mines which have exploded and stuff and this chap took us down there And we hadn't hadn't completely excavated the second spoil out of the lot, so you had about... You had kneeling room, that was it. With your little Davy lamp on your head, you know, going down there. And then shuffling round, and there was a prayer written on pencil on the chalk wall from one of the poor souls that had been down there digging the mines out, which were mainly um, people from mining districts in this country. And... uh, so, and you've got, you know, because that ground had particularly been, It's very difficult archaeologically because it, you've had, you know, the, the Germans first assaulted that village German army in 1914. It was then still being fought over in 1916. So it's all churned and churned and right. churned. And the lovely stratification which you're normally looking for on archaeological sites is, is, was not there. And an awful lot of, um, or quite a lot of disarticulated bone, obviously, and... Um, and uh, and stuff like that but it gives you gave you such an insight quite a moving insight into the absolute
0: carnage and dread- the horrors that they well had, the dreadfulness you know, right. of it really,
1: yeah. the dreadfulness of it and you know when you see things like which i'm john quite moved about that today about the ukraine situation and stuff like that
0: you know oh, you it's heartbreaking.
1: the 21st century and uh that makes me very angry really but um so there's plenty of different, and that's, and then there's other bits of Roman sites which one's doing Roman temple site. Uh, Have you done anything around here? Tracking we, Cres-
0: Crescent Temple barns. I mean, that's that's, that's where the Knight Tem- Knights Templars came back to after the the Indeed,
1: wars. yes, the first first one. But the um, I haven't no. Um, what's the closest closest I've got to you is sort of Chelmsford, right? And I I got bits in um, London uh down in sort of redbridge area uh bits in epping at the moment this is sort of on the bits in redbridge bits in epping uh a lot in the northwest because i did my dissertation in the northwest for my degree and got to know lots of people like the Audley end estate and um
0: yeah oh okay yeah
1: and a lot of the local communities there who are very up for it you know very oh, keen yeah. on all this stuff um, and then quite a bit in cambridge uh, do quite a bit in cambridge uh, some of this is with commercial firms as well uh, do you
0: do the pre-building stuff as some well? some of it is that yeah so
1: oxford archaeology is to a tremendous uh, company um we've got offices in different parts of the country but the local one is the cambridge office of Hill, and they lend a lot of kit and, and lend a lot of advice if you need it you know and really a lot of the it's a bit like again like doing an inquiry where you think, I'm following this line of inquiry, but I need a foil to say, do you think I might be majoring on that a little bit more when I could be looking at this aspect instead? Do you know what I mean? So you, it's useful for an archaeologist to have that sort of ability to bounce off other archaeologists. Um So, yeah, Huntingtonshire, Cambridgeshire. Have I, been in, I don't think I've been in Hertfordshire. I'm right on the edge of Hertfordshire. And those various bits in between, really. So How, just- how
0: do you feel when when you've done all this work and you, you know that, in three weeks' time that the cement mixes, the concrete's going to be poured and they're going to be covering up all that. On the, well, for a
1: start, yeah. I mean, I've got no, I'm a, a as, as an oik, you know. I'm yeah, a, yeah. I'm a field worker. Uh, we've got, actually, in this country, it's all part of planning, regulation, guidance. This is the most archaeologically explored country in the world. Is it really? Yeah. And yet, we actually know so little, really. yeah. Um, and it's—I've been nothing but, to be honest. I seem like I'm being impressed with everyone today. I'm sure there's—I'm not impressed with—I'm <laughs> not impressed with Vladimir Putin, if that's any no. consolation. But the, um, you know, the the the, the commercial professional archaeology—it's all professional archaeology—but the commercial aspect to it here, I would be horrified if that planning guidance went. Mm by virtue of that planning guidance in place, the quality of job, because I've been part of these jobs, is the highest, in my experience, is the highest standards possible. You cannot actually, I mean, we were doing a, um, it's a little Roman town, With my, I'm part of a group called the War Boys Group, which is up in Huntingtonshire. And as part of that, we were assisting on the commercial exploration of a, of a little Roman town in Warboys in Huntingdonshire, and part of it is open field where the houses were going. Part of it next to it is sports pitch, which wasn't going to be built on. So you test trench, or the commercial company test trench is the the bit that's just going to get built on, and that's done very thoroughly and it's done very professionally. Right. And that doesn't mean you dig everything up because the reality is on any archaeological site of any size, you just can't dig everything up. No. Because they're just too. You, you're talking. You know. You can walk across this field. There'll be ditch, pit, um, post holes for a dwelling, road. I mean, that that had all those. I was doing the roadside ditches on that. That had all those aspects in it, and so you're sampling all the time. But the standard of work is very, very high, and. Um, and ultimately, you know, if the houses need to be built, the houses need to be built. Yeah. Plus there'll be, very often there's mitigation measures put in anyway. So, you you know, if you go down and sometimes you walk down a new housing estate, and you'll find there's a big patch of greensward. The reason that greensward's where it is is because there's something that they don't want to put the gotcha. footings through. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot. It's done, you know, I've been part of it and it's it's done very professionally. And um, But I would hate to see a time... Oh, I mean, this is my. You know, I love history. Yeah, yeah. God. But I, and not everybody does. You know, of course they don't. But I'd hate to see a time where those regulations were lifted because you can lose. Oh yeah, so much. And then you might say, you know, I mean, my my glove compartment, my car has got straight bits of bags of Roman pottery in it at the <laughs> moment because I'm going to the store after this. You know, and you might say, well, that grubby bit of rum, what on earth is, but it's all a
0: it's like the jigsaw. It, it
1: is a tiny piece and a large jigsaw, you know, and um, if it does nothing else, it increases the sum total of human knowledge.
0: And and that's what it's about. It's interesting because um, I was in France, and there's a Ro- Roman. Um, it's, it's like Colchester, basically this town, and they've built, they've dug it all out, and they've built a huge glass museum over <laughs> the top of it. Mm-hmm. They preserved it. Ad infinitum, you know, it's it's never yeah. going anywhere. And I suppose, I mean, culture, the police station is built on a Roman, an old Roman plot, yeah. But when you've got so much around you, you can't uncover and save it. No, all, you, you can't.
1: No, you can't. And so there has to be some selection. Going, and there oh. are, you know, there are basic, there are three ways in which it's done. You know, it's, it's either going to be as a result of a commercial enterprise of some form or other. Like, you know, the big one at the moment is HS2 Railway. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or it's going to be an academic exercise, which is the bulk of what I do. Um, or it's going to be a local community exercise, yes, yeah. which is very important indeed, and very important in terms of uh, one of the. It's not, it's not a concern. It's not as strong as that, but the it's very easy, especially in this day and age. Is what I feel, you know, it's very easy in this day and age for people to lose complete. Especially with the digital age, with the uh, you know your WhatsApps and your Twitter feeds, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and everything else with your, I mean, I, uh, with your satellite navigation,
0: with people, your podcasts. Uh,
1: with your podcast, you have no sensation of your landscape.
0: No, okay? absolutely.
1: The reality is that human beings have always had sensation of their landscape, and we are slightly. This has been a bit theoretical, but. We're increasingly divorced from that. Yeah, you know? we are. I mean, I'm I'm outdoors most of my life anyway, so because I love it. Yeah. But the, uh, I think it's important for kids as much as anything else. You know, in the same way as they should know where their milk comes from, or they should know where their beef burgers coming from. Yeah. You know, they should know how that what's involved in that. Um, I think human beings need you know it sounds vague they, they need a landscape routing.
0: yeah I, like, I absolutely agree
1: to them and uh you can be so removed from it i think you know and and so, in a sense i feel sat abs is the worst aspect of all <laughs> so much to the extent i don't rely on one which is why i got lost coming here this morning but, <laughs> but because uh you get no sensation of what's around you, you oh know? no and we live in a beautiful country in fairness you know i've I've been I can remember surveying a uh what is a um it's a Bronze Age site actually next I was actually looking for a Roman road road and found it but next to it was a bronze is a Bronze Age site, Bronze Age burial site. So that's six thousand years ago. And it was um sort of late early late spring, April, May. And it's on Chalkland. This is on Chalk this is up near saffron warden it's on Chalkland. Lovely, beautiful chalk yeah. claim with the wheat coming up, and I heard a fallow deer running straight across my survey plot. i watching, you know, just watching them, and that to me is, you know, that's worth it. Really, that's, yeah, that's what it's I know like. that it sounds very simple, but that's
0: no, but simple's good. And I think that as a as a um, as a nation, as a you know, as the world, we've overcomplicated things and we've made. It's all instant gratification now. Mm. There's not nobody wants to wait for anything. They want to hear it now. They want to see the news now. And I think, yeah. I mean, the fact that you're digging things up that are a thousand years old, yeah, that's quite that's quite remarkable. I wonder if in five hundred years time there'll be another Simon that's doing digging up stuff from today, and they'll go, oh, look, there's a Walker's Chris packet or whatever it, you know, yeah, it it's quite. Yeah. It's of course, it, I mean, the difference is it's all documented. Everything's documented. Well, yeah,
1: absolutely. Whereas um, we know we know actually incredibly little, you know. We think we know, but the reality is you know incredibly little. And, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I find it, you know, I don't know, uh, I suppose I could be interested in something else. I'm interested in, I love cricket and stuff like that. Yeah. But I find it... Um, it's actually quite therapeutic, all of it. Yeah, I bet it is. It actually challenges you. It's a lot of thinking that goes on in respect of it. And there's, I haven't mentioned any of the writing because this time of year, I'm doing some survey just before Christmas. But apart from that, this is the writing time and the research time.
0: Um, because you've been published, haven't you? You've had. Yeah, articles. you get published in.
1: They're only academic. Well, I say only. Well, you say only. Yes, yeah, yeah, the rest of the world will be reading. The peer. Well, I don't know about that. I was pleased the other because I go. I'm part of Cambridge University Library, for instance. And um, out of a, a flash of egotism, I was in there researching for something else. We went to town, Joe, and I went to town, and I popped in there and uh, researching some maps about the Ascendine thing. And uh, I thought, I wonder if they got that book that I've contributed to in there yet. So I typed it in and sure enough up it, up it pops. Very so lovely. a little bit of ego of me. Yeah. But, but but I'm researching in there and you go up in the stacks. I don't know if you've ever seen that library. It's a huge, huge building. Is it? Um, several floors high and tightly compressed stacks of journals, academic yeah. journals and that. And sometimes you're researching in them, you know, so you – you move the stack, you go down like you see on the telly that, and you, you draw yeah. this, you draw something like, you know, I don't know, uh, Essex archaeology and history, transactions of 1923 or something like that, you know, and you draw it out and you think, that's never been taken out of the stack, you know, and it, 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 and, and goes back. So they're obscure. It's obscure. It does get in some more sort of popular stuff like essex journal and stuff like that but it's it's obscure stuff it's fascinating. but it's um well no it's just it keeps your brain going i guess it's still invest is it's investigation yeah it is an investigation
0: the, the the thing i mean you look at sutton who and you're talking some considerable time for some of these things i suppose in a in a or something true. who's
1: about six seven hundred AD, yeah,
0: something like that. But 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 it was some time ago that they actually did their dig there and they found the yeah. the site. And it's the same with Tutankhamun and all, all the other stuff. Yeah. So so time evolves, and I just hope there's more Simon's out there that want to do this because it is interesting. It's captivating stuff.
1: Yeah, I hope there are some. I'm sure because you be. wouldn't do it for the money. No. Uh, you know they're they're very poorly paid, and actually, you know, a lot of it's. I mean, the one thing it does do, if nothing else, is it gives you a great deal of sympathy for road workers and people like that. Does it? Because moving tons of, and I mean literally, you know. So
0: do you start with a shovel and then move on to the finer? Well, unless and... you're on a unless
1: you're on a site where it is so indelicate, if you like, that you can pay for a. I mean, on on TV sometimes you'll see a mechanical digger come and scrape scrape off the top layer. So, yeah. you know, especially time, So that was compressed into three days or whatever. Um, but most of it, now is hand. Um, that, on commercial sites, they'll strip the top. Right. So, as a commercial site, it's now part of a housing development, Northstone, which is up on the, as you're going up, the M11 turns into the A14, I think. Right. And on the right-hand side, as you're going north, is Northstow, which is a big property. Well, I was part of that and literally you were walking it had been a golf course and you were and they'd scraped literally the top maybe um i don't know maybe the top 20 30 40 centimeters off and in doing that you were walking across this landscape which was just it was a roman town and there were everything was there before you the wells the the, the rubbish pits, Amazing. the terminals to the ditches, the little post holes, you could see where the house was and everything else. Um, so, yeah, big commercial sites, it'll be done with a digger. But on the academic stuff, which tends to be finer detail, smaller sites, um, that's bucket and spade. Wow. And it's a lot of dirt. It's a lot of dirt. So, you have world, when I see a, A chap digging the road up or whatever, (laughs) and he's leaning on his spade. You can understand why. I'm tired, because you can't do it. You can't just. I don't know how the navvies ever did the railways. No no idea. But excellent. Yeah,
0: and you're a you're a keen letter writer. Um. Yeah, I get a B in my bonnet now and then. And what's your current B? I mean, you've alluded to the Russian and the Ukraine. Yeah,
1: the the Ukraine war. I think an absolutely hideous, hideous state of affairs, and. so I'm a great I'm a great believer. This is partly, you know, going back to the politics sort of stuff, you know, and um, I, <laughs> this, again, this is tri- is Burke. I think it's a Burke quote. Burke quote, "The evil triumphs when good men do nothing," and I've done the you know the Red Cross funding and, mm. and the charity stuff, um, as far as supporting the situation there is concerned. And I've no doubt it's a much more complicated situation than you know. Politically, historically, it's definitely a much more complicated yes. situation than is you know simply put over in mass media at the moment. Um, but the bottom line is, I have a tremendous amount of sympathy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know a single Ukrainian, um, but I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for the the, 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 the dreadful things they're going through, mm. the trench warfare which is taking place there, and everything else. So, I will really, it salves my conscience, that's why I do it, because I don't suppose it has a lot of effect. But I did write, do a number of letters to various firms that are still trading in Russia. Um, and I don't, I tend to get a bit carried away, so I don't hang back with, with what I'm saying in those. And um, so, at various times since the dreadful start of it all back in February this year, I've, uh, you know, sent missives off in various directions. And uh, in a number of cases, get replies. Um, happily, in a number of cases, the number of firms that were trading in Russia are no longer trading in Russia. Nothing to do with my letters, obviously, but nevertheless, you know, it's a grain of sand in, yeah. in trying to – to. and as I say, it's a, it's a conscience-salving exercise as much as anything else. And, if, if, and it irritates the hell out of me. Yeah. Because I, I've had a little bit of me- – only a little bit, tiny bit of media experience the the published public consciousness if you like can forget it you know i'm really concerned about it being forgotten um i agree and uh uh, the pope came out you know i'm not of no particular religious affiliation but as i read in the paper i think the pope came out the other day exhorting people to say you know Oh, well, well and good spending lots of money on lavish presents this Christmas. Have you thought about donating to charity appeals in connection with this yeah. situation, or indeed charity appeals? Because we're very conscious of this because it's a European thing. You know, there are just as dreadful circumstances happening elsewhere in the world, which I'm not as cited on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in the 21st century, the prospect of my father had a very bad war, and the prospect of that happening again. And being allowed to happen again in the 21st century, the prospect of there being a news item this morning about the Russians putting a, uh, a ballistic missile and, and, you know, if you like, proudly showing that on TV footage, which is brinkmanship, it's an, it's yeah, an element it's... of brinkmanship. Um, I think it's absolutely abhorrent, mm, and oh, I uh, and I don't make it, nothing I do makes any difference to it, but um it irritates me sufficiently that I will let people
0: know what I think. Yeah, good for you. I think that the coverage is starting to dissipate, I'm sad to say. I don't think that we're seeing quite as much here now as we were when it started. Um, no. It's fantastic. You know, Clive Myrie, uh, James Waterhouse, they were all there at the time. And yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that we're getting that coverage now. Yeah, I think, think
1: it's, a, it's, a na- it's in the nature of human nature, and you know? a human nature is not necessarily good at long-term stuff. No. You know? um human nature is good at starting stuff it's not necessarily good at seeing long-term stuff Mm. go through you know but um uh there's i mean you could talk for days couldn't you about this this topic which i'm not going to do but the the um the way the i I do feel I, i am pleased with the way the west has responded broadly speaking as it stands at the moment uh i don't think this is a short haul this is gonna this no, is a long not haul. at all and uh, the most important in my view the most important thing is to is to continue to sustain um the resistance because that's what it is it's a resistance this isn't a assault this is a resistance to um unjustified violence in yeah my view. absolutely um so yeah so well dig random holes write letters to irritate people that's what i do. well
0: I, I found it fascinating mate to be fair um so before we conclude this interview is there anything you'd like to add alter or change no you told me i didn't have to say anything well i did i was going to start with that, <laughs> that would have been a really boring interview if i'd have done that yeah. but um mate thank you so much and a pleasure i i've really enjoyed today And like I say, you learn so much from your mates and your colleagues when when you do these things. Yeah, indeed. Fantastic. Thank you. Cheers, mate.